Welcome to the Mind and Matter podcast, where we talk about the issues that matter and how transforming your mind can change the world around you. There'll be no peace. There'll be no peace. There'll be no peace. Until there's justice. Until there's justice. Welcome, everybody, to the Mind and Matter podcast. This episode, I am really, really excited about. I have my friends here today, Kristen and Tyler Clapsaddle. Guys, say hello. What's up? Hi. How's it going? Hello. Hello. (laughs) Where are you guys at? Where are you guys at right now? Where are you guys calling in from? Uh, we are in Racine, Wisconsin, uh, which is right along Lake Michigan, an hour and a half north of Chicago, 30 minutes south of Milwaukee. Wow. Gosh, that was so precise. That was like GPS. I love that. That was so good. <laughs> people know exactly where you're at. That's awesome. Okay, so, um, well, I guess we should do intros so that people know who the heck you guys are. So um, let me talk a little bit about history, how I know you guys. So Kristen and I went to Elevation School of Worship. (laughs) We're on Zoom right now looking at each other giggling. So when you guys are listening to this, listeners, that's why you're hearing all this giggles because we haven't seen each other face-to-face in a long time, Um, which doesn't even exist anymore. But that was fun for the time that it did exist. We were students there. 2017 to 2018, that's how I met Kristen. We were roommates. Um, And then from there, we've just stayed friends and stayed in contact. And here we are doing a podcast together. So I want to talk a little bit about how you guys got like interested in social justice and why this stuff kind of matters. That's something I like to ask everybody because I know everyone's journey into social justice is a little bit different and why people start to care about this stuff. So just give me like a little, you know, soundbite. Why does this stuff matter to you? Why are you guys on this podcast? You know, why did you say yes to this? What, 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 uh, inspires you to be passionate about this kind of stuff? Yeah, um, I think what kind of sparked my interest in this and and my heart for justice was when the protests started happening Mm -hmm. in Ferguson, when um, Mike Brown was shot in Ferguson. I think it was 2015. Um, But I remember I I just stumbled upon Twitter where there was live video of protests Mm -hmm. happening, and I just had never experienced that before. I never lived in a city. I I never lived in a place where there was that unrest um so I kind of that's kind of where like I dove in and I was like wait there's some reality happening that I'm not seeing on the news or in my own life or from um, my experiences and that's kind of where I dove in it kind of actually gave me um the interest to minor in sociology in college and really learning about what it is that makes up our society um what are the systems and how do they influence us individually i majored in psychology which is about like the individual but when you look at sociology and you see how all of these systems interact there's some systems that are made to benefit people who are white (laughs) because that's how our society and especially america was founded and there's some systems that just don't benefit people of color and it's it's not just about um like a a, a political view or um, the way you think, but there's actually systems, education, um, uh, employment, all these different things that 
have been set up to not benefit everyone yeah. the same, and that's why there's not wow. equality. So that's kind of where I found uh, and, and sure. dove into and it. Tyler, what about you? What's your background? Um, yeah, so uh, to be honest, you know, I I grew up in a in a place that just like Kristen, like it wasn't a town that um, from what I saw, um, you know, uh, just dealt with all of everything going on, um, like racial. Well, it did, to be honest, um, but I didn't yeah. notice. Um, and it wasn't sure. on my radar uh, until I got sure. to college and I had a few professors really really just standing up for it and and just just yeah. teaching us you know how to do student ministry in a way that included everybody um, and just really just it helped me kind of recognize a lot yeah. of things um, and uh, yeah I mean I, that's that's kind of where it kicked off and you know I, I I've through college just, you know, believe that, that love is, is a big thing. Um, and, uh, when I was in college, I got a tattoo that says you are loved and I had no idea the, the impact that it could have on my life, let alone everybody else's life that sees it, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's continually growing, um, from when I grew up. And now how did this, um, because you guys are married. I should have mentioned that at the beginning. But how did this play into your guys' marriage? Because I'm always curious about that. Like, Because I was reading actually something um, not too long ago. I think it was a sociology article, actually. And they were talking about like how important it is when people get married to have like similar views on how they see the world. And like especially how they see race and politics. That, that seems to be a really big thing that people find out later on and then be like oh my gosh if I would have known you felt that way I probably wouldn't have said you know like I do so how did that work out in your guys did you guys like talk about it before you got married did it kind of just happen like while you guys were married like how did that journey and process work out in your guys's lives yeah well in college when we we met in college um I was very into politics in college, and I was very outspoken about the people I supported and the things I supported. And I think one of our first conversations um, around politics, I remember being in a dining hall and asking you what you thought about guns, and we had very different views on guns. Like, just immediately, it was just very different. And I remember being like, I don't know if I can be with someone who doesn't have the same views as me on this one specific topic. Um... But something I love about Tyler and I think that helped us is we always had conversations Mm. about that. That was a five-minute conversation. And then we had a two-hour conversation about it afterwards. And um, I think it's really something I I probably will talk about a lot. It's just about empathy. Like trying to see the other person and put yourself in their shoes and see how everything in their life so far has affected their viewpoint now. Um, But I think um, through doing ministry together and, and like you said, that... The mission of love, um, I mean, as as we've dealt with the past few months, even just with um, really recognizing racism in our society, especially yeah. in our city, which we'll talk about too, um, it's just like a non-negotiable yeah. to, to, you know, just to love everyone. Wow. And it's trying to change our mindset and, and think in that way. And it's cool and a blessing that, you know, we, we trusted each other that we would have sure. that as our focus and everything else kind of our views kind of uh, have been molded together to see those things wow. and be honest about what we're seeing wow. in the world. Wow, so having love at the center and then letting everything kind of flow from that. That's awesome. That is so cool. 
That's really, really inspiring. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about... I have so many questions to ask you guys today. I'm about to like go in. I'm excited. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Broad Overview, just the community you guys live in. Because you guys, I mean, geographically, where you're located and everything that's gone on, like there's so much I'm sure that you have seen firsthand. And I want to talk about that. And then we'll kind of look at, you know, your guys' ministry, being youth pastors, working at a church, how you guys have been able to minister to students. You know, I talk to youth pastors all the time. And, you know, I think all of us are just trying to figure out, like, how do we encourage the next generation to step into this with a biblical mindset, with Jesus at the forefront? And so I definitely want to get your guys' thoughts on that as well um, as we chat today. But first question is, okay, so you guys are close to Kenosha. What's your distance to that? How did you, because there's so much that's gone Kenosha. I'm going to let you guys talk about it and tell me what your view has been on with Jacob Blake, um, even Kyle Rittenhouse, if you feel comfortable talking about that. Like what has been your guys's, I mean, just being there on kind of ground zero, what have you guys seen? What have you heard? How has it felt? What was your guys' personal opinion and views on all of that kind of stuff? Sure, sure, Do yeah. Do you mind if I start talking about Racine? Uh, let, let's let's inform the yeah. the listeners on okay, just sure. kind of like where we're at. And uh, so uh, I work for the for, work for Great Lakes Church, and we have two campuses. We have one in Racine, we have one in Kenosha. Um, and uh, about yeah. ten minutes, gotcha. fifteen minutes apart. Okay. Uh, m- more like twenty minutes. Twenty apart. minutes. Um, okay, so. I drive past. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, and uh, the yeah. The shooting of Jacob Blake um, happened downtown Kenosha, uh, which is about 10 minutes from our Kenosha wow. campus. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it really hit close to home um, for for us. And uh, we'll get into some stories and, sure. and different things like that. But um, yeah. Kristen has some just some just some info um, okay. on Racine and just kind of the surrounding communities yeah. around it. Yeah, so um, I remember it was either right before we moved to Racine um, in twenty beginning of 2019, maybe um, a little bit after we moved in here. You know, I don't remember what I was Googling, but I just Googled Racine to learn a little bit more. And this article popped up that uh, tells you the worst places in America for oh, black wow. people to live. And Milwaukee was rated number one and Racine was rated number two. Oh, so Milwaukee's wow. metropolitan yeah. city, Racine... Guys, I'm sorry. I don't know how what the population sure, is. Sure. I don't know how much it's going to help you. But, um, yeah, learning that Racine was the number two sit- worst place for black people to live. Because black Americans in both of these cities make half of the median income of white residents and are nearly 12 times more likely to be put in prison than their white counterparts. Oh, my 12 gosh. times. Yeah. Wow. So when I read that, I was like... It was really interesting because we were moving here and social justice, especially fighting racism, especially in the church, is something really dear to me. And I read that and I was like, what are we getting into? Like, what did did we sign up for? This is this sounds terrible. Um, And, you know, realizing like this is not because black people are morally worse than a different race, but there's something going on in the city that is really deeply rooted, wow. and I think this incident with Jacob Blake kind of shows what's kind of going on wow. in this region. Um, so you can talk from there. Yeah. Um, so just kind of going back to the shooting of Jacob Blake, you know, it, I think it happened on a yeah. Sunday night while we were having our high school wow. youth group. Um, and uh, uh, we, we didn't hear through the news or anything until after the fact, but I remember a helicopter going over our house. Um, and Jeez. that was the lifeline, uh, that was going to go Jeez. pick up, uh, Jacob Blake. And, uh, yeah, we, we heard about it 
uh, through the news after everything. Um, and I could just, I just imagine the, the emotions coming over myself, you know, that the, just, just with like what happened with George, George, George Floyd. I mean, there, there was something was coming, you know, I mean, there was, there was unrest, there was, um, there was pain. I mean, it, it was, it was right on the horizon for a town that we live 20 minutes from. Um, and that we have a lot of people in our church community a part of. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was scary. And we, I was, I mean, the whole church was just so worried, uh, for our people. Um, and, uh, the Tuesday after, um, it had taken place, um, we normally have our staff meetings at our Kenosha campus because that's where most of our staff members are located. And the, uh, owner of the, the complex that we are a part of, that our building is a part of, came in and said, hey, you need to be out of here by four o'clock. We're putting up barriers uh, so that riders don't come and trash our kind of business park that we're located Jeez. in. Um, and that, I mean, that was yeah. that was surreal, oh, yeah. you know, uh, just kind of experience that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was crazy. crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then how did that, so. how did that personally impact like just that, even that moment of like, oh my gosh, they're putting barriers here. Cause I remember when that happened here, like in Chula Vista, um, shortly after George Floyd was murdered and like, <laughs> it sounds so silly, but it's like, you know, you walk into Target going to get some juice and it's like, oh, there's wooden door. And like, they had the carts full of water bottles pushed up against the door so no one could come in. And it's not like they put out a warning that they were closing early either. It was just like everything was closing and like, there was no warning. It was just like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking away feeling like, dude, this is like this isn't just something I'm seeing on TV anymore. Like this is something that's right down the street. Like this is in my, my hood, my community, you know? So like what, mm-hmm. what shifted for you? How did it shift from being like, okay, this is just stuff we're hearing about stuff that I learned about in college, stuff that I've read about, but now this is something that's happening in my own backyard. Like how did that feel? Like just physically, emotionally, how did that feel for you guys? I remember a moment actually, it was before this, um, after George Floyd was murdered that, Tyler and I was just sitting at the table just thinking about what if this would happen to one of our students wow. and youth group wow. that we loved, like, and thinking about all the protests that were happening sure. and things that were happening. And I think that's when it shifted um, when we realized that if this had happened to someone, like one of our students, we would be wow. in the street. We would never leave the street. We would be there protesting. And that's when it kind of shifted my view on seeing that pain and feeling Absolutely. that pain, that this community, the, the black community feels and, and the fear that they're experiencing that we, I remember us having conversations about rethinking how we do life, how we do ministry to make sure that we're not missing out on people and not missing the real um, raw emotions they're sure. feeling, you know, um, while on Facebook, right. There's people in the community that if you don't know politically, Wisconsin's like a swing sure. state. So there's not that racism is a political yeah. issue, but the view, certain political views connected to this, connected to police, connected to um, Black Lives Matter, things like that, um, is really divided, like down the middle, both sides of the spectrum. Um, So many people in our, in our community posting about it and trying to find words for what was happening. Um, I don't know if that answers that. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, did you want to weigh in on that as well? Like, what did that feel like for you? Yeah, I'm. I, it's it's it was difficult for me because just like Kristen said, you know, there's you have so many people a part sure. of the church uh, that 
would believe and have different views sure. on a variety of things. Uh, and I was seeing both ends of that uh, and hearing both ends of that from from parents, from mm-hmm. adults, from students, right? Just all across the board. Uh, so it was just like this tension and pain and, you know, just everything sure. just kind of like was in there. And it, it just, it was hard to navigate through a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily much of a feeler. Um, Kristen can attest to that. Uh, but yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, yeah a lot of feelings yeah. going on right there. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, while you guys are talking, I'm just thinking like you, you know, talked about it being so divided and there's so, so many polarizing and, you know, just different views going on, especially within the church. And, you know, it kind of makes me think about everything that happened with, Kyle Rittenhouse, because I think honestly, like, and I'm going to tread this water really carefully as I word this out, because I want to be respectful of everything that happened and, you know, people that lost their lives. But I think that story is a really good example of why we as the church really have to start talking about racism. Because, I mean, if you look at that story, like, I think it was a church organization that raised all of the money to get his bail, you know? And so it's like, there's obviously a lack of discipleship and equipping within the church and especially within like the white evangelical circles of how to tell people to fight against racism, you know? And I, I, I think of a person like Kyle 17, super passionate, obviously not necessarily going towards the right direction, but definitely feeling a lot of things acting out on that anger, acting out on that emotion, causing a ton of harm. But I feel like our students are feeling a lot of those similar things, want to respond, want to help, want to be a part of something, but there's a way to do that. That's the Jesus way. Then there's a way to do that. That's just divisive and going to cause more harm. And so transitioning into, you know, looking at, you know, this from a ministry perspective, looking at it from the students we're working with, you know, teenagers, they're at the height of their hormonal experience. They're going through a lot of stuff at home. They're seeing this stuff on the news. They're feeling probably more than we are feeling. They're imagining a lot of more things, trying to figure out where their part is in all of this. They're on social media way more than we are. So they're seeing this stuff all of the time, minute by minute, different opinions, things that you know, claim to be in the name of Jesus, things that are completely opposite in the name of Jesus. So it's like how, you know, I guess like what have you guys been able to do to really minister to your students during this social unrest, what has been your kind of like tactic, your system, your your heartbeat to be able to communicate with students the Jesus way on how to deal with racism and social unrest? Yeah, I um, honestly, it's just been a personal text message. Um, and soon, soon after uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake, uh, I texted every mm-hmm. student I could that I had in my phone and I just said, uh, how are you doing? Yeah. What are you feeling? Um, and it, it was just providing that space for a student to sure. express their feelings to another sure. adult, not their parent, to another adult that they trusted. Wow. Uh, and I got I got across the board sure. many different feelings, um, but a lot of them were like, "I'm upset. I'm I'm worried. You know, um, I'm sad that this happened, uh, but yeah. I want to do something," which was yeah. crazy to me. It was crazy. Um, and that put a spark in me. I was like, yeah. let's go do something, yeah. you know? Like, like if you're passionate about this and you're worried about your future um, in the world because of this, but you want to go change it, I'm all for it. Like, I'm, I'm your yeah. biggest fan, and I, I want to I wanna go do that. I want to help you do that, you know? Um, 
and the biggest thing I, I kept going back to was mm-hmm. love. Like they, Generation Z, the students were teaching us yeah. what love looked like yeah. in this moment. They weren't, they weren't on Facebook. They weren't on Instagram, you know, at least my students like bashing different points of views or sure. different things like that. It was just, just this overflow wow. of love. Um, and it was, it was amazing yeah. to see. Yeah. What about you, Kristen? What, what have you seen? What have you felt? What have you noticed within your students and your ministry? Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it is so hard with social media, with even just being on sure. Snapchat or TikTok, you know, their generation, um, they, you know, they might not be posting about all that stuff, but they're just consuming yeah. so much that it can be easy to like repost something or like like something someone else posted and it just become feel like oh I'm a social media activist like I'm good and I think that's really um that's really easy for for them to fall into because we've kind of set up their generation that way something I fall into too and with my generation but there's something so important about Mm. the reality of like having that conversation and actually doing something about it not just talking about it but um encouraging them to to step out and um you know through different talks that we've done, like trying to encourage them, you know, in your own sphere, there are ways that you can stand up yeah. for what you believe in um, and you have yeah. influence. Um, so I, I, it's it, this, like Tyler said, this generation just, they are so pro yeah, people. That's great. They want wow, life for people. Great. And it's really cool to see something, um, just see how much they care sure. about people. And they're just like, yeah, everyone's welcome. Sure. Let's do yeah. it. So, What do you guys think is like, you know, I mean, because I imagine like so many youth leaders, youth pastors are just sitting, you know, in staff meetings, sitting with their, you know, their group of people who are, you know, loving on students who are discipling students. And they're trying to come up with like, like strategies, you know, like how do we actually like, you know, and I wouldn't say there's a lot, you know, I'd like to idealistic me is like, oh, all the youth pastors care about this. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case. But I do know, like, I have friends, you know, who it does matter to them. And we're all just kind of like, you know, looking at each other, like, what have you done? That's worth like, what have you done? That, you know, helps, you know, fire up that passion, the passions there, how do we get it to go towards the Jesus way? How do we biblically root these students to fight for justice? So what has been something that you guys have taught your students or talked to about your students in regards to to justice when you guys are discipling them or or even doing like sermons you know at youth nights what what does that conversation look like for you guys from the pulpit or you know whenever like you guys are communicating with students one-on-one yeah i mean uh just like great lakes church in itself uh is a non-denominational church so like there's um our motto kind of underlying motto is it's church for the rest of us um and our, our pastor kind of uh he realized that 70% of people that live in Wisconsin mm-hmm. don't go to church. And he's like, I want to build a church for the 70% wow. of people that don't go to church. Awesome. Uh, so it's um, it's a lot different than what I grew up. I grew up in like yeah. Church of God, you know, we're all for the hymns, sure. you know, and like um, sure. all that stuff. Um, but this is drastically yeah. different. And uh, with that, we get an awesome core of students uh, that – don't necessarily know mm, a lot of Bible mm-hmm. stories. Um, they don't know what the Bible says yeah. about certain things. Um, and it's fun to just kind of work through some of those things wow. and teach them um, what it really looks like uh, to love God and what what stories Jesus is telling in the Gospels. And uh, I think just just that, like we've, we've been kind of working through um, just some different topics. Um, and I'm going to continue to go back to it. We've yeah. just been talking about love. 
and what that looks like radically outside of like their realm of where they're living um so you know what does it look like to you know love your neighbor and who's your neighbor you know um and just kind of working through some of that stuff um especially when it you know involves you know people of different color people of different beliefs right and the crazy thing to me again is that they understood that like they they understood what it was what it meant to love people that were different than them um with without like actually knowing some of the bible stories and the fact that jesus tells us to do that they just did it anyways um and it was just kind of awesome just kind of like like re reaffirm what they were doing already was a good thing you know yeah and just encourage them yeah Yeah, we try to do that a lot to say you guys are going to change the world we tell them that like every week like we are so excited for you and how much passion you have like you're going to change the world like they don't have people telling them that but they they are they're amazing and i think something too is that we both studied in college too something like a little bit more practical ministry wide um is talk about sustainable Mm. missions um which you know as a as we're looking at at trying to do missions and you you want to do things for your communities but you don't really know what to do um maybe you pack up sandwiches and give them to homeless people but like is that sustainable are you actually helping the community and that's something i know tyler's really research through mission trips that we do um to go to communities and work alongside of um, an organization that Mm. is doing amazing things but they just need a little extra Mm. help during the summer let's tag onto that let's not do something that's gonna harm the community let's not just have a um a group of like 20 white kids to go into (laughs) a black neighborhood and knock on doors and say hi do you know jesus like is that going to be sustainable is that going to be connecting to the community and actually caring for it in a way so I think just kind of being mindful of what you're doing. Is it sustainable if you That's want to help awesome. a community? And mostly just like stay in your yeah. own community first. Yeah. I think that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, do something that's do awesome. something down the yeah. street where maybe you don't go to your downtown area because it's right. sketchy. I'm doing right. air quotes, but like there's people there who you live sure. five minutes from. Start Why not that. just... Yeah. yeah start with that start with something yeah. that's in your community there's a there's a soup kitchen down there there's a church that's yeah. giving out free meals yeah. help them yeah no know. that's awesome yeah we, me and jeremy talk about that a lot like I, I forget how the quote exactly goes but it's like wherever god is already working like just join him there you know and i feel like when it comes to issues of social justice and racism like we're trying to find like okay like what's the thing that we got to start up you know and like god's like no there have been you know so many people boots on the ground working towards justice working towards peace working towards like you're talking about sustainable work in you know the black community within the you know field of justice that we can just partner with as a church that we can partner with financially that we can partner with volunteering our time you know sending our students and being a part of these things um and so i would say to like youth pastors that are listening like find what god's already doing like you said it so well kristen like whatever god's already doing in your community find it find that leader connect with them say hey i got like 20 kids who love you know, they're just excited to change the world. 
and I want to send them your way, put them to work. You know what I mean? Like that, I mean, just imagine that, like how much change could happen in our community if we just started finding those, like we, we call them at my church, we call them, you know, men and women of peace. It's like the, the person God already put there mm-hmm. to be the bridge builder, you know, between the two different communities. And we find those mm-hmm. men and women of peace and we say, Hey, we got your back. Like whatever you need, we got you, you know, whatever we can do to fund this operation, we're here for you. You know? And I think that that might be one of the most sustainable. I like that word, Kristen, you know, sustainable changes that we can make when it comes to issues of race when it comes to issues of social justice finding those those places and just saying like i'm here i'm committed you know i think like what we're seeing so so much and i i keep seeing different things floating around on on social media but it's like you know don't stop caring about this just because it's not trending anymore you know and so my thing is like we could grow Mm -hmm. up a generation that's not only passionate they already are right they are like you said so well like pro people they're already pro people so let's just teach them how to be committed to something for the long run you know, we take all that passion, we take all that energy and we're like, Hey, like just stay the course, you know, stay committed to black lives matter, stay committed to acts of justice. If you can just run that track and do it well, that would change so much. You know, we're always looking for the next new exciting thing, you know, to, to be a part of and to train our our people to be a part of. But we just grew up a generation of students that are pro people and that are in something for the long run, I think there's so much change that we can make in this generation that we can make for the future of the church. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited. And listening to you guys gets me even more excited to see what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something too, that, um, is just, I mean, across generations, just teenagers, right? If there's something that's hard work, you're not really (laughs) going to want to do it. But, you know, we may not be able to convince them at 15, 16, but if we can keep encouraging them, whether that's showing them, hey, um, your relationship with um, a girl or a guy or or like our marriage is worth it. And it's hard, but it's it's good work. Like racism is not just going to be solved tomorrow, you know, but it's hard work and we need to keep working at it. But to be able to encourage them. And I think that's a good principle that we can teach the students, too. And we try to do through different things that we do, like. Just because something's hard doesn't mean yeah. there's not hope. That's awesome. So. Yeah. What would be, you know, let's say there's like a youth pastor listening right now or a youth leader and, and they're just, you know, they have these group of students, they're pro people, they love justice, they want to make a difference. What's one piece of advice that you would give to this youth pastor, this youth leader to encourage them to keep fighting the fight, to keep running, you know, for the Lord? What would you tell them? What would be your piece of wisdom to them? Yeah, um, it's a good question. Um, I I think I think first and foremost, yeah. I would listen. Um, like I would I would listen to the students and see where their hearts are at. Um, you know, it it might take some some guidance and some steering, uh, to get them going in the right direction, uh, with you know sure. what sure. they're feeling, right? You know, because they're all their feelings are bubbling over, um, for sure. Uh, but honestly maybe just just find that that place in mm. in the town um in the city that um is already doing good things and and, and kind of like force them but just kind of like provide that space uh for them to go serve alongside something that's already being just successful and growing a community um you know i i think if we continually provide spaces for students yeah. to go do something or have a voice somewhere um, and encourage them to yeah. fill that space, uh, they're going to, and they're going to continually yeah. change the world. Um, so just in summary, you know, provide a space and encourage wow, them to fill the space. Awesome. 
Yeah. What about you, Kristen? What would you say? Yeah, I, say, I, I totally agree with that. And I think empathy is a big thing, you know, be open to yeah. different points of view and especially your students. Um, they, they're experiencing something a little different yeah. than you're experiencing as much as, um, you might be consuming sure. the same things that they are. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think that's the biggest thing too, to believe in your students and remind them of that. Um, I see these students that come every week and, um, I know they might not be getting that affirmation, maybe at home, maybe don't, they don't have anyone to tell them at home how great they are. Maybe they don't have any, maybe they have people who are, um, sharing some terrible things from the news to them, whatever that may be. And they, they don't see any hope. They don't see any change, but, um, I just love every time Tyler goes up there and says, you're going to change the world. We believe in you, like whatever you need, come talk to us. Um, it's, it's a generation, you know, that is going to be in wow. our spot in a few years and leading and working in all yeah. the places that we are. So yeah. what are we going to do about it? Um, and ultimately, I think as well, just like yeah. model it yourself. Like if you care about justice, um, like I see Tyler reading books on justice just to get a better understanding of that and what um, racism yeah. in the church looks like, like different things like that. And um, where, you know, we we've only kind of talked about it in college, but now we're really experiencing what that disconnect looks like. So read, learn, hear from different voices, hear from people who look different than you. Um, and yeah, just the ultimate goal is to, to model that, um, love Christ and walk with Christ and just really listen and believe in your students because they're, they're incredible. You might not realize it, but they're really incredible. Yeah. And I would say too, like, I love, you know, what you're talking about, like providing a space and allowing students, you know, to speak, you know, because they're, they're being told what to do all the time. It's from teachers, from parents, from older siblings, you know? And so it's like giving them that, that space to be able to express what they feel and what they're thinking and the ideas that God has put in their hearts and in their minds. And, you know, I, I, I'll never forget, I was talking to a group of, of youth pastors and we were like in a circle just discussing, uh, you know, I think this was shortly after George Floyd was murdered. It wasn't too long after. And everybody was just feeling a lot of things, you know, and I remember in the room, it was so tense because everybody was from a different church. Everybody had a different group of students. And so we were all just kind of like collaborating on like, okay, what does it look like to love students? Well, what does it look like to, to help these students in the future? And, you know, I think, you know, as I was listening more and more to everybody sharing their opinion, I think the thing that kind of like just made sense to me or was revealed to me was just how often, you know, I think as, as church leaders, we become so, afraid of anything that's just not not what we're used to to hearing or like you know if it's not straight out of a bible verse and it's like oh it must be wrong you know and so you know I was listening to these well-intentioned youth pastors just you know kind of like trying to uh maybe I think they were trying to steer their students in the right direction but you know what I felt like was happening is we were missing you know that there's room for anger and there's room for lament and there's room for disgust you know like these feelings are okay and it's okay for our students to ask questions it's okay for them not to have the biblical answer for everything you know that's our job you know is to to equip them on how to see things through the lens and love of Jesus but i think you know as youth leaders and as youth pastors one of the most powerful things we can do is just sit with 
with students, invite them over for dinner and say like, Hey, tell me what you think about this. Like, what is your opinion? It might be all types of messed up. Like it might be like all types of backwards, but you know, unbiblical curse words, like, okay. And we sit with it and we take it and we're like, you know what? You are still valid. And everything you said, I'm going to take into consideration, like for real. Um, and I, I just, I would wonder how much, you know, different our churches would be, how different our youth groups would be as youth leaders. If we allowed space for people to feel like they can be themselves. You know, I look at the life of Jesus so often and like, you know, the disciples were like 13, 14, 15, like they were young boys, you know what I mean? So they were thinking and feeling a lot of different things all of the time, you know? And so he would spend time correcting them, but he spent a lot of time just being with them and letting them ask ridiculous questions. And it wasn't out of condemnation. He wanted to just live life with them and to show them a better way, you know? And so I, I would, I would encourage youth pastors, you know, listen to your students and give them that space and allow it to be as messy as it needs to be. Allow it to be as unbiblical as it needs to be. And you can bring the truth. You can bring the grace. You can bring the conviction. But just let them let them air it out. Let them have space to vent without rules, without expectations. Just let them be who they need to be. And God will take care of it. If we're faithful to listen, if we give people the gift of listening, I believe we, you know, we can ultimately begin to steward and discipleship, uh, disciple people in the right direction uh, to where they need to go. Yeah, and I think too, like, as a, if you're in student ministry, if you're working with students, you know, your role is not to put them on the right path. Like that's their parents' job, right? That's right. a parent's responsibility, right? To make sure. sure they're moving in the right direction. Like I, kind of seeing, you know, being a student, student's leader as yeah, like more of a role model, good. like a mentor, you know, to be able to be there for them, um, to be that adult in their life that can wow. listen and hear things that they might not tell their parents, but to, you know, model what, you know, who Christ is yeah. for them. It's not about, you know, student sharing some view yeah. that you might not agree, or maybe even is like yeah. way off the mark. Um, they probably, it might be something politically yeah. they heard their parents what say. The? And they're just like, yeah. Holy yeah. cow, where did that come from? Right. Like, I don't even know what that is. Um, but you know, it's like you said, like taking that second to pause and just be like, I'm not here to make, to tell them what's like, yeah. set them right. Yeah. I'm here to love them. How do you yeah, do that? That's awesome. Man, this is so cool. This is such a great conversation. I'm really excited. I feel like this is one of those, uh, you know, episodes we'll be able to just share. Like when pastors are like, what do we do? How do we let lead our students here? Like, listen to this conversation. You know, I feel like it was so honest and vulnerable. And I want to thank you guys for making the time to be here with us, to sharing your hearts, to sharing your experience. So much wisdom. I, I learned so much talking to you guys. Um, so we're going to wrap this up and we want to just encourage you guys who are listening. I have a challenge for you. We try to end with some kind of challenge or here's a resource, but my challenge for you guys this week is to find somewhere in your community that's already doing the work. And so that means going on Google and typing in something, you know, that you're passionate about, whether that's immigration, whether that's something to do with helping protesters or, you know, if you're like, I need to start reading books and maybe I'm going to buy a couple extra books and pass them out to my friends, like finding something in your community that you can do that's hands-on, that's practical, that will start leading you in the right direction. And if you're a youth pastor, finding something like that, that your students can get involved in, that we can start putting our students, giving them an opportunity to put their hands to work and to feel like they're involved in something um, and empowering them to be the change. So that is it guys. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, we will be here next time, and we love you guys. Bye, Mind and Matter. We'll see you next time. There'll be 